We are going to walk you to your motor car, said the one who looked like a clerk, calmly and casually. Then you will drive my brother and I to our destination. The gun will be trained on you at all times, and if you do not follow our precise instructions, we will not hesitate to shoot you. Is that clear? Perfectly, said Fairburn, treading on one end of his shoelace and feeling it come undone. Uh, my lace, he said, looking down at his shoe. Tie it said the young man. Thank you. Fairburn crouched down and carefully slipped the folded paper inside the bottom of his trouser leg. He straightened up. All set, he said, as cheerily as he could manage. Then he took his first step, brushing against some low winter foliage, and as he did so, he felt the scrap of paper fall out. It wasn't much to go on, but it was all he had. All the hope in the world. Friday James Bond was sitting in the passenger seat of his uncle's Bamford and Martin Tourer, wrapped in a heavy winter overcoat, his face masked with a scarf. His friend, Perry Mandeville, similarly dressed, was at the wheel. They were completely exposed to the grisly December weather. They didn't care, though. They were on the open road and felt reckless and free. James's uncle had left the car to James when he died. Perry had always dreamt of taking it out on the road, but James had never let him before today. This was an emergency. Perry was older than James, but not yet seventeen. If anyone found out what they were up to, they would at best be beaten soundly and thrown out of Eton, and at worst, thrown into jail. But James needed the thrill of danger. It was only on an adventure like this that he came alive. He thought back to when this had all begun. He had been in his room playing cards with two friends, Teddy Mackrath and Stephen Costock Ellis, and his Chinese messmate, Tommy Chong. Tommy, as usual, was winning. After all, he was fond of saying, the Chinese invented playing cards. Outside, a group of boys were playing a very noisy game of passage football, charging up and down the corridor using someone's hat as a ball. I'll trounce you one day, Tommy, said James, throwing his cards down onto the tabletop. One more hand, said Costock Ellis. You've got to give us the chance to win some of our money back. That's fine with me, said Tommy. Give it up, James, said a fifth boy, who was lounging on James's bed, filling in a crossword puzzle from that morning's Times newspaper. He was James's other messmate, Prit Palnandra, the son of an Indian Maharaja. You want to join us, Prit? asked Tommy. No, thank you, said Pritpal. I don't know what you see in those things, said James. It is a challenge, said Pritpal. I am pitting my wits against the person who said the puzzle. "'But I am afraid I am stuck. "'Here, let me have a look.' "'Costock Ellis snatched the newspaper. "'This doesn't make any sense at all.' "'You're all useless,' said James, "'reaching across and plucking the paper from the other boy's hands. Three down. Top secret monkey. Four letters. First letter A.' "'He stopped and frowned. "'I don't even understand the clue, "'so how am I supposed to work out the answer?' "'It is a cryptic crossword,' said Pritpal, "'taking the paper back. It is like a code that you have to unlock, a secret message. Well, it's beyond me, said James. I can't do anything more complicated than small flying mammal, three letters, second letter A, third letter T. Rat, said Tommy, dealing a fresh hand. A rat can't fly, said James. It can if you throw it out of the window, said Tommy. Or a cat, said Teddy, if it was chasing the rat. I'll throw you lot out of the window if you don't stop making feeble jokes said James, picking up his cards. 
They were playing rummy at sixpence a hand. Are you in, Stephen? asked Tommy. Afraid not, said Costokelis. You've cleaned me out. I'll tell you what, why don't we share all the money out and start again? That sounds like communist talk, said Tommy. I've been reading up on the Russian Revolution, how the peasants rose up and threw the Tsar out. No more bosses. Everybody equal. Share out all the money. It could never happen in China. As Tommy stopped speaking, the noise from the game of passage football also stopped, and there was an ominous silence outside. Codros, said James, and the boys snapped into action. Codros was their housemaster, and he didn't allow gambling. Teddy had made a false top for the table in the woodwork school. It fitted neatly over the real top and had just enough depth beneath it to hide all the cards and money. In a second, the top was in place and the boys assumed expressions of sweet innocence as a familiar face appeared around the door.